It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the preseason is now in the rearview mirror, and we are just days away from the start of the regular season. So before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to give a heads up to everybody that on Thursday for our episode, the same day as the Sabre season kicks off, we are going to be having our season preview, and we're very excited to be joined by our pals, Anthony and Chad of Expected Buffalo. So make sure you guys are tuning into our Thursday episode because we're going to do a full-on season preview, very in-depth, and we love having those guys on. So it's going to be an excellent time. But for today, we wanted to just wrap up the preseason and talk about a few players who have made some waves, we'll call it, through the end of the preseason, namely J.J. Paterka, Tage Thompson and Vinny Hinostroza. There's three different things we want to talk about with each of these guys with Paterka, him being a rookie and whether he's actually going to make the team or not Thompson and his move to center. And then Hinostroza looking like he's going to be playing on the first line and what might amount to being a nice piece at the trade deadline. So Taylor, let's start off talking about JJ Paterka because he has really been the feel good story of camp. It has been a shock, I would say that he's been around this long. You know, I think that when you look back to last year's draft and when he was taken, of course, he was an early second round pick. Many analysts had him and maybe like the twenties range in the first round, like a late first rounder. He ended up falling into the second round. Sabres move up and grab him, And boy, oh boy, has he really shown out at this stage of the game. I don't think that it's unfair to say that he far and away looks like a better prospect than Jack Quinn does which of course Quinn being taken (laughs) ahead of him being a top 10 pick in the same draft, but he's shown that he might be NHL ready. Now, I don't know if it's the best thing for us to, to bank on him playing an entire NHL season, but I really like the idea of him getting a nine game look just solely due to the fact that he has played so well and has deserved it. What's your take on Paterka as we get, as we're just days away from the season getting underway? Before this, we would be remiss to not mention uh, the biggest earth-shattering NHL news that just dropped, uh, which is that the New Jersey Devils have signed Jimmy Vesey to a one-year $800,000 deal. Uh, So I think the NHL should really just mail the Stanley Cup to New Jersey right now. Uh, People are already weighing in saying this is a bigger signing than Dougie Hamilton. And I don't don't know. I've kind of given up on the season right now because of that. But People are saying that a lot. Yeah, you, you hear it, you hear it more and more. So, you know, all these these big, big guys, 
are are coming up to me with tears in their eye saying like sir sir we, we need to bring back jimmy vc and i say total failure on every level so anyway paterka looks awesome he's I, i'm really uh, pleasantly surprised we really haven't had a good second round pick and i'm i don't even want to look up how long i have no idea like 15 years or more so to have someone like him look the way he does is such a pleasant surprise uh i do wonder if he's going to make them change their plans at all and make the team we i don't know when would we find this out when are they going to finalize that like soon right i mean that would be monday at 5 30 so okay. we obviously can't talk about that right now as we're recording this on Sunday afternoon ahead of the, the big Bills showdown against the Chiefs. But we will know by Monday evening whether or not Paterka makes the initial roster. Now, and people should know regarding this uh, Bills business that Brendan is currently wearing a Reggie Corner jersey. Oh my number 27. God. Or is it a different I, 27? I actually just got this jersey in the mail, my new red Trey White jersey. In the oh, mail. you got a Trey White. Just when I see 27, I just think Reggie Corner. Naturally, I understand. It was well, I wanted to get a Tepo Newman in jersey at first, but they told me that they didn't make them phonies. Really? A Tepo Newman in 27 Bills jersey. They told me no. Wow. That's all I wanted. I pretty com- pretty common request, I would think. Yeah. Cancel culture's out of control. It really so- is, Taylor. <laughs> it really is. Uh Paterka, I wonder if he's gonna make them change their plans in any way. Cause they really had enough forwards i didn't think there was going to be too much question uh about who was going to make the team i even thought that the talk of jack quinn making the team out of camp was absurd for more than one reason that's obviously before the preseason i don't think anyone thinks that now but they really do have enough forwards and they don't really have injuries and they'd have to do something <laughs> if they wanted to get paterka in the nhl lineup and that's something it could be a few things you'd be waving cody eakin that's that's an obvious one. Is there? Man, I, I wish I thought about this before because now I'm trying to think. Is there anyone else? Anything else they could really do? Because I'm, is there anyone else who's on a two way deal? I mean, I would love it if they waived Cody Eakin. And they absolutely have enough. And so basically, they would have to. Well, is Asplund on a two way deal? No, he's not. So. Anyone, they'd have to waive whoever uh, they replace him with. Because by, by my count, they already have Tage, who we'll talk about him, Jeff Skinner, R2 Rutzelainen. Uh, he, he might be on a two-way deal, but I'd like to see him in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, he'll be uh, – he's 100% making the team. Yeah. Olofsson, Oposo, Middlestat, Hinestroja, uh, Jurgensens, Eakin, Cousins, Kajula, Bork. Asplund. That's a lot of guys already. And then I didn't even mention uh, Johnson. How do you spell his name? Axel. What's Axel's last name pronounced like? Axel. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Axel. I think he is probably a Rochester guy. Axel Uh, Rose, baby. Yes. You think he's a big Guns N' Roses fan? I mean, why else would it? I I bet his parents are. Fair. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't really know uh, if there's room for Paterka, but like if he's like, if he's as, <laughs> as good as he seems, they're going to give him those nine games. And then I don't, even, I, I guess where, where would he be going back to Rochester? He would go to Rochester. Oh, he would. Yeah. Which is why I think that's what should happen. I, I don't know. I just thinking about it more and more. He has far and away shown out and has been the most standout forward in the, in the preseason for the Sabres. I would say 
He's looked really, really good. I feel, as you had said before, to having a second round pick or just a pick outside the first round in general that is seemingly going to pan out is very, very exciting. He's got like great vision. He's looked really good along the walls. He's got just a great playmaking ability to him. But I don't think that you can allow a incredibly strong preseason and a strong outlook to get in the way of this guy's development. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have not seen him playing at the professional level in North America yet. And so what I would love is you give him the nine games, then send him to Rochester and let him know too ahead of the season, like what the game plan is because he has earned it. He, I think absolutely has earned a place on the opening night roster, just given how well he's played, but let's not also forget the fact that we know how this season is going to go. We know that this is not going to be pretty. We don't know the extent of it. And there is a chance that this team is better than people are predicting, but they're not a playoff team. They're going to be picking in the top 10 undeniably (laughs) top five, whatever. You you never know how the, the lottery top five, I should say though, more accurately. So send him to Rochester after he gets his time and show him that he's earned it, put him down there, let him thrive and just take over in Rochester and let him dominate. If he's this good, that he is worthy of being in the NHL right now, let him go down there and prove it that you are going to be pretty much forced to bring him back up at some point. I would say put him down there with Quinn, see if maybe they can get each other going a bit. If they make each other tick and, you know, maybe he helps Jack Quinn, you know, get his production up in Rochester, but I think it's just far too important for this guy's long-term development to let a very impressive and very strong, not taking anything away from the preseason and, and pretty much changing your, your plans for the year. And just in general, moving forward, I, I, I think giving him time in Rochester and let him get seasoned down there. There is literally no negative to that at all. You're not going to stunt this guy's development, even if he is NHL ready by putting him in Rochester, because he hasn't even played in the AHL yet. So let him go down there. You know, if he's playing at like a point per game pace or something like that, just let him ride it out. Let him let that team thrive. You know, you're going to need some scoring in front of UPL. I mean, I already think Rochester is going to be good to begin with, but you need that team to be really good. So let him do his thing. And that way you're not hurting his development at all. You're giving him a reward for playing so well in the preseason with the trial run in the beginning of the year and just making sure that there's an understanding between the two parties that after the trial, go down and crush it down there. And then we'll revisit it if you play it like a point per game pace or something like that. That's a smart way to do it. I should mention now we have some news that unfortunately was too good to be true. Our boy Axel Johnson, Falby, uh, is on waivers. Oh, so the hair. Yeah, that's tough. Never forget you, Axel. You know, I was thinking the forgotten. last guy. Yeah, the last guy I really remember surprising in training camp and winning a job because of how, how good he did in the preseason was Derek Grant. Derek Grant did not score in a in a regular season goal for the Sabres, unfortunately. He did not, but then he ended up going to Anaheim and like being okay. Like he's a fixture, I think, on their fourth liner. He was at least. I don't know where he is now, but he earned a, a full time spot from there. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm really happy with our, our boy John Jason. And uh yeah, that's, that's we it's, love it's you, JJ. A rare, surprising development. JJ is our boy, undeniably our boy, JJ. 
Wow. Wow. So indeed. Derek Grant scored 15 goals in 56 games in last season, not last season, two seasons ago. Wow. And those, so 15 goals in 56 games, the rest of his career, he has 22 goals in more than 250 games. So you could say that was an outlier season anyway, a little bit. Yeah. So who do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about our boy Tage because I think it's interesting what's going on with him. I think you and I both are pretty low on Tage as it is right now. Um, just in that we don't really have very high of expectations given what we've seen from him, but Don Granato wanted to move him to center has done. So at the end of the, the preseason here and overall he's looked okay. And as Granato has put it, he's sticking there for the start of the year. So Tage back to center, the position I believe he was drafted as, um, what do you make of this, Taylor? Do you think that Tage moving to center can somehow give him an extra jolt or a, a rebirth on his his path that he might end up being a, a serviceable, you know, we'll call it middle six center, probably more like third, fourth line center. But do, do you think that there's any chance that this could be the shot in the arm that he needs and he can kind of get himself back on track? Because it goes without saying he has not looked great in his tenure as a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah, no, I don't think that actually at all. Good. Uh, I think he's going to be super bad at it. Like he is at hockey and well, not hockey, but NHL level hockey. Uh, I'm not impressed with him. He fails the eye test. Analytics don't paint a pretty picture for him. And I think we need to get over the him being big and young thing. I mean, it's he's been around and he's been incredibly unproductive. And it's not like there's another thing that he does well where you're like, yeah, he doesn't do X, but hey. You know, he doesn't score, but he does this or, or, or something else. It's, yeah, I, I, it's a, a sunk cost, you might say. He had eight goals last year. That's fine, I guess. He has 35 points in 145 NHL games. His 26 points in 104 games as a saver. It isn't great. <laughs> um, I don't love it as the, the main piece in the Ryan O'Reilly trade unfortunately him and or Ryan Johnson, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's uh Vladimir Sabaka supremacy. <laughs> Yikes. I'm sorry. So yeah, I, I, I don't love it. Uh, it's interesting, I guess I, he might as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not against it really. He might as well play center. I like the idea of trying things like you're, you're not going to win this year. So see what you have kind of a deal. Yeah, that's fine. But this is, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's impossible for me to be interested or excited about this guy. I, he's terrible. It's he, And there's definitely talent there. It's obvious he got drafted in the first round. He definitely showed flashes his first year here, but he just can't put it together. No, I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah, he's a. I mean, I think a big part of it is he is so big, but does not know how to properly utilize his body. He doesn't know how to to play as a six foot five forward. And I think that that's huge because when you're that big, even though, yeah, we've seen, he has the raw skill in terms of his hands. I mean, he, he tries to get creative and oftentimes he gets a little too cute with the puck. He's got a good shot, but again, he can't seem to, you know, repeatedly get it on net or be accurate with it really at all. And he just, you know, he has a lot of these tools, but he just can't put it all together. And yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in it, um 
you know, Don Granado yesterday had said, quote, if we can get him to play that position, it's going to be impactful. And he's showing signs right away that there are even more intriguing that than I thought before I put him there. So, I mean, I'm happy that Granado feels good about it, but I have a hard time feeling the same way, you know, given his track record, as you had said there. Uh, do you have anything else you really want to add on Tage right now, Taylor, or do you want to just move on and, and not talk about Tage until we're forced to again? Mm, let's move on. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about a guy who might be a, a pleasant surprise for the Sabres this year in Vinny Hinostroza. So he has been getting looks on Casey Middlestat's wing, and it seems like that is going to be the first line combination. It's escaping me right now off the top of my head who's been playing wing with them, and I will find that while we're talking here. But Hinostroza, I am intrigued with in the fact that he's younger on the younger side and he's walking into a situation right now at the Sabres where if he even shows a glimpse of being worth getting top six minutes, he's going to get fed them repeatedly, which could lead to a team potentially overpaying for him at the trade deadline, which I, I don't think anybody thinks that Hina Stroza is a long-term piece here, but he, Oh, it's Skinner actually. So Skinner middle set and Hina Stroza is going to be the, the Sabres top line to start the season. It appears. Um, I don't know. I think that you may have something there, not in the sense of, again, having a, a player who might be a, tar a part of the plan. But if you're looking for a bounce back season from Skinner and Middlestad, hopefully will take a step. He's not going to take a step to being a legitimate first line center by any means. But you have two guys right there who won in Skinner, who, again, has a lot to prove this year. And in Middlestad, who had showed pretty promising glimpses under Granado. You're putting Hina Stroza with those two guys and that could lead to some success there, Taylor. So give me your thoughts on where you think Hina Stroza fits into this team. And if you think that he will even be on this roster after this year's trade deadline. Uh, he probably will not, I imagine, but Hina Stroza is one of the few guys who's like in his prime and his hat, you know, been in the NHL and like done stuff and isn't making uh, an unbearable uh, amount of money. So I think it's, it's, he's something definitely worth having around. And if he's on the first line, that's good. Someone's got to score points, uh, score goals, get assists, whatnot. Power play time potential for him as well, which is sad. <laughs> um, but points sell still at the trade deadline. So if he's having a, a nice career year in that way, Maybe someone's willing to pony up for him. That's that's something that could be in his future, which would be nice. Oh, in general, I think he's a guy that I don't think in 10 years people will remember or care about him as a saver, but he's not actively detrimental. Can't be said for everyone. Let me ask you this then. Of that Sabres first line with Hina Stroza, Skinner, and Middlestat, that would have been like a really nice third line for last year's Sabres if they were, you know, good and trying to compete. But uh, this year they are going to get premier minutes. And I don't think you could blame anybody who would rightfully so think that they are going to get their faces caved in uh, for the most part. We'll see on that, but is there any glimmer of hope that you could see coming out of that trio being the Sabres first line? Uh, no, good. <laughs> it's just not a first line. I mean, it, maybe it's good for middle stats future. I don't know. I, it's just, that's a terrible first line. That's really my, I think the biggest thing going into this year, aside from, I mean, goaltending, who knows, but 
this team doesn't have a lot of guys who I'm like, eesh, what's that guy doing in the NHL? Like that was half the roster in the 2014-15 team. Right. Uh, I don't know if Tage is an NHL guy. Cody Eakin may or may not even be playing, so maybe he doesn't even count for this. Oposo at times last year, uh, he came back strong after his injury, but initially last year didn't it didn't exactly look like a guy who still had it. Besides that, though, I feel like these are a lot of guys who are like, yeah, you can have them on your roster. They just all should be in the bottom six. Right. I don't looking at it right now. I'm not sure if there's actually a guy who at this current moment should be getting top six minutes in the NHL. And that, yeah, you could throw out a, a defense first, second line, but you got to have that line that can match up with the other team's top line that has to go against Sidney Crosby or the Bergeron line or Austin Matthews or you know, a million other. But does it even come lines. down to having somebody who can, I guess, match up with them? Because I don't think there's a scenario where that's even a, a realistic possibility. I feel as though it's more, and I don't even know if this, this could be what you're saying, but they just needed to have somebody there to get the hell beat out of them, you know, just to have somebody to fill that void so that it's not Middlestat and Cousins who are getting those matchups. And don't get me wrong. I think that getting that experience and, and playing against those high level guys will end up being beneficial for them. But on a nightly basis, when things are going really south, potentially, I don't know if I want to keep trotting Middlestat, Skinner and Hinostroza or Cousins out there against a Crosby or a Matthews, if we're talking about like a four to one game or something like that. And they are just totally, you know, at their wits end, which again, I pose use Gergensen's as that guy put, give, give that line, Mm -hmm. the fourth line, the tough matchups you're not, it's not going to go well, but would you rather have it not go well for Gergensen's or have it not go well for Middlestat and potentially, you know, stunt his development even more than they probably already have? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point, but yeah, I don't, I didn't really, uh, it's tough to think about what the first line is going to look like this year, but yeah, Gergensen's is, uh, it's a, he's someone that before he got hurt, I mean, I assume he's coming back the same, hopefully, but like when he was on the log line, someone that could take on defensive matchups, I mean, even going all the way back to when he was a rookie was someone that was a positive possession player, but just could never finish. And obviously he can be a frustrating player. He makes very uh, obvious mistakes, but yeah, that's, if you, he can do it, I mean, he'll do it. If you, you tell him to do it, he's obviously a high effort guy and they, they appreciate his character, but <laughs> You know, we're talking about Zemius Gergensen's. The best compliments to give a player. Yeah, I mean, they appreciate his character, and uh, he's energetic. Doesn't exactly sound very promising. Nice guy. He has no skill, but he's a great guy. I mean, he can't finish at all. He's like a lesser version of Larson. It's just more obvious how hard he's trying. Mm -hmm. He was an all-star starter. You can't say that for Jack Eichel. Wow. That's right. Yes. I suppose. <laughs> All right. Well, last question then before we wrap up, Taylor, is Jack Eichel still a member of the Buffalo Sabres franchise by opening night? Yes. Sadly, I agree. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah. Let's hear uh, from our friends at DraftKings. Let's do it. All right, another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, like we said, we were recording on Sunday. I sure hope you didn't bet on the Patriots or, say, pick them in a survivor pool like I did. 
Uh, new customers can bet just one dollar in any, and they're losing to the goddamn Davis Mills right now. These guys just a lifelong quest to hurt me. I love Whatever. it. Anyway, new customers can bet just one dollar in any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. The last zero zero tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no brainer. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 in any NFL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, Davis Mills is 12 for 16 for 202 yards. In I know. Touchdowns. I should have picked the Titans in my survivor pool. Oh my I don't know what God. I was thinking. I mean, the Patriots should crush that. We, we just watched that happen. But this it's tells me, you know what this tells me, Pam? It's be- yeah, it's ugly. Ugly game. Ugh. This tells me the Bills uh, are better, even better than people think. I agree. Wait, is this? I Oh, my God. Oof. Well, sorry, New England. Sucks to suck, I guess. Did you wake up early to watch the uh, the London game today? I did not, but I caught some of it because I have Kyle Pitts on my fantasy team and uh, he got me 30 points today. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Huge day for him. Zach Wilson threw his 100th interception. I didn't. Uh, no, uh, it was on NFL Network, wasn't it? Oh, it might have been. Yeah, I had I was over at my dad's a little earlier and so that's why I was able to catch some of it. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Have... Oof. So sorry, man. Sorry that that's not working out in New York. Darn. Yikes. I mean, he's got to win, though. Oh. He's got What's one that? win. He's got one win. Darn right so. he does. Good for him. Some guys don't even have that. True. I mean, True. I don't know who, but Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a win, I guess. Yeah. He's not going to get one today either. Hopefully Davis yeah. Mills has that many wins by the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that, this is that's that's an ugly, ugly game. Yeah, this uh, this football slate today is uh, – yeah, it's always nice to – not have a game in the 1 p.m. time slot just because it's, you know, it's, you it's relaxing. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no stress or anything on your Sunday afternoon. But I can't say this slate is kind of ugly outside Packers Bengals. That's the one that's on TV, luckily, for me right now. Uh, but yeah, Lions, Vikings, Titans, Jaguars, ooh, ooh. Patriots losing to the Texans. The Panthers are beating the Eagles 15 to 6. The Bucks, Dolphins, come on, who's watching that? That's boring. Bronco Steelers, gross. What's going on there? What, I don't like any of these. These are all Teddy, horrible matchups, except for the one tonight. Ugh, Teddy Bridgewater is 56 yards at halftime. Gross. Uh, yes, the Broncos one have been pretty good this year, though, so far, haven't they? Yeah, they're three and one. About to be three and two, though. Hey, sometimes really good teams lose to the Steelers. No. I've been told that happens. Uh, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, excited for the big matchup tonight. Uh, yeah, Coat Bills should be uh, interesting and not stressful at all. Mm-mm. So that's a relief. Totally yeah. not not worried or you know thinking about it all week or anything <laughs> like that. I feel so zen right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, 
Well, I'll tell you what, though. I feel really good about Monday night next week. <laughs> That's I'm, not, I'm excited. Wow. I, honest to God, didn't even realize it was that soon. Yeah, we, I, we're going to crush them. I'm confident. Now, the Chiefs game, this could go a lot of ways. I think the, the Bills kind of have played scared the, last, the two times they played the Chiefs last year. So, who knows? Yeah. I would but love I think, to just kick Tennessee's ass. That would be really cool. Yeah. Seven days from when you're listening to this, folks. Tennessee. The Bills are going to Nashville, obviously. Uh, so, hopefully, we see a, a blowout. I love that. I mean, they, they really – that's maybe the bills don't have any animosity. I don't even know why I have such so much animosity towards Tennessee. Maybe it's because the first year I watched football, they beat not only the bills in the playoffs in questionable fashion. They also beat uh, the Jaguars who I decided I liked because they beat the Dolphins 62 to seven in the divisional round. So I I've had, it's been on since day one with them. They beat the bills with Vince young uh, on Christmas, even 06 when we had playoff hopes still. They, I don't even want to get into Taylor Lewin, the worst sports Taylor. Taylor Lewin. Ooh. <laughs> that is saying something as a Buffalo sports fan. If you could say that there is a Taylor worse than Taylor Hall. Oh, my God. Don't love that for you. Taylor Lewin makes Taylor Hall look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, man. Wow. Taylor Lewin's a really bad guy. And all his bullshit the last couple times we played them. Can't stand that guy. Most frustrating game last year. Oh, he uh, sucks. The Bills uh, did not at all deserve to get blown, blown out. Well, I should say that the Titans didn't deserve to win by as much as they did. But they got their justice. They're the only team that's ever lost to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs so far. Um, and this year, they're going to be like a 9-8 and eight division winner because their division's terrible. But we can put them in a pretty bad point differential hole this week. And I would, next week, I should say, I'd be a big fan of that. That would be awesome. I can't wait till we get to go to Monday Night Football against the That's Pats, right. too. Oh, my God. Yeah, now I'm, I'm really confident, weirdly. Are you uh, taking off the next day of work after that? Oh, yeah. Same. Okay, cool. Sure. Everybody, if you're listening to this right now and you're going to Bill's Pats Monday Night Football in December, we'll tailgate together. Let's let's do that. We'll get a straight-up Sabres tailgate going. Straight-up tailgate. Yeah, straight up tailgating, yes. It's it's um, the only time I've, I've only been to one night game. It was a Thursday night game and I did not take off work the next day, which is a huge mistake. It was remember when the Jets came here for Thursday night and we lost to Fitzpatrick. <laughs> the Jets rolled up like 450 yards on us. Yeah, I, I, I do. Why are we talking about this? That's the only night game I've ever been to for the Bills. God, well, we're changing that then. They're, we're going to see a win. You'll be one and one for night games then. And I will be uh, obviously taking off because I had to go to work the next day and I felt like I was going to puke on my computer. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to that for us both then. Yeah. We can puke at home. Lovely. Just the way it should be as, as the Lord intended it. That's right. All right, good everybody. Very, well, exciting. very exciting stuff. Yes. Well, thank you all for tuning into this episode of straight up Sabres. As we had said at the top of the episode, we have a brand new episode coming out on Thursday, our season preview. And we're going to be joined by our good friends, Chad and Anthony from expected Buffalo. So make sure you're tuning in for that. 
Make sure you're checking out the Charging Buffalo and the Hockey Podcast Network on their respective streaming platforms, as well as on their respective websites, and check out all of the great content that both of those platforms are putting out. As Taylor had said before, also make sure you're using the promo code THPN at checkout for DraftKings, our sponsor of this podcast, and all of the podcasts that we will be doing moving forward for the rest of the season. And all of last season, too. So we love DraftKings. Make sure if you're betting, you're using them. And again, as a reminder, that is promo code THPN. Make sure you're following us, too, on Twitter at Straight Sabres, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres. Once again, we'll talk to you all Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. Go Bills. Go Bills.